It's so good. You know, in the last couple of months, and the months to come, God has blessed us with many kids in our church. A lot of babies coming. They're not ready to go to Sunday school yet. Um, but it's so good to see uh, and to hear, uh, to me, uh, a, kid, a kid's talking, crying, laughing, running. It's so cool because it brings so much life to our church. You know, to see the kids going everywhere. You know, like a um, worship team meets around 8 in the morning every Sunday. And those who are serving are always arrive super early. And they come with their kids. So nobody's here. And it's so cool to see them running all over, jumping, and so much energy. I jumped that high and I fractured my knees, I tell you that much. But it's so cool to see the old kids are, are running. It feels so welcome here. So we are happy that you're here with us. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually two weeks ago, we started a new sermon series on Philemon. And um, we're going we're gonna to stop today in this series and, uh, on Philemon. And I want to give you a little bit of context of what is happening in, in this book of Philemon. Um, this is a letter written by Paul to Philemon. That's the name. Um, Philemon is a Roman citizen um, and the higher powers on the Roman citizen. He uh, was led to Christ by Paul, and he was part of a church in Colossae. Uh, when we read in the Bible, Colossians, for Colossians, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church. And in this case, this is a letter wrote to Philemon. This letter is not a doctrinal letter, like when he wrote to the church. It's not addressing a church issue. He's writing to a friend, and he's asking a favor, something that can change in the life of Philemon, but also advocating for somebody whose name is Onesimo. Uh, great name if you want to name your kids anyways. <laughs> Onesimo. And, uh, and, uh, and he's advocating because Onesimo is a slave. Um, it's a slave who ran away from Philemon. And you say, okay, that's we're just talking about freedom right in this place. Maybe he's the one who wrote the song. No, it's not. Nothing to do with Philemon. But uh, actually, in the first century, in, in many centuries, in, in the Roman culture, uh, to be a slave it was part, it's a property. You are my property, and I, I buy you. So um, it's not how we picture slavery today. It's a little bit different, but they, they, they will serve and in a specific role in their house. We don't know what was this case with Onesimus, um, but Onesimus did something. He steal from Philemon, and he ran away. Now, to run away have higher consequences. One of them is when they find him, they will capture, in this case, Onesimus, and, uh, and they will... Um, burn or ha put it into heat a piece of metal, they will say, run away, and they will put it in, the, in his forehead. And, and, and everyone will know he's a runaway slave, and he's marked for the rest of his life. It depends of the crime he will commit. Um, in the Roman law, he will face the cross, crucifixion, um, uh, uh, painful death slowly and very painful. We heard a lot about the cross 
because of Jesus. And talking about cross, I just want to invite you all <laughs> to our Good Friday service on, on uh, April 7th. We have a combined service with the MB Church, and we're all going to be here. We, we have a very special service. We're going to take communion, and we're going to reflect on what, what Jesus did for us in the cross. We're all invited. Good Friday, 10 p.m. That's my ad for you. A.M. in the morning. A.M. Did I say P.M.? Yeah. That was a test. Yeah. That was a test. Yes, that was a test. It's just working. Good. Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> now, let's go back. This letter was written in year 61. So Paul mentioned in his letter that he's at old age. Now, Alex talked about this last week. And actually being an old age in New Testament time, it's about being 40. Guess what? I'm going to be 40 this year. I know. Yes, I'm old age, according to Paul. Anyways, so Paul is writing from experience now. He's been in ministry for a while. He have, we don't know when Philemon became a Christian. We just know that it was, um, it was a time that it, it really changed the life of Philemon. Um, and they start this relationship because Paul bring him to Christ. He called him, you are my son. Now, this is, this is a way kind of how they will see in the, in the in the first century, you're my son. I bring you to Christ. Now, but at the same time, we're brothers. Kind of weird, the old terms. But, but this is the heart of Paul really advocating for him. And um, as a runaway, you know, we all say, you know, I never run away from my problem. We face it face to face. Uh, maybe you are like that. But sometimes there's things that we don't want to face. And we wait a little while. We wait to, for a perfect time so we can face the situation. Sometimes we don't run away from fight, but we don't like to face things like addictions. We don't like to face our own selves sometimes, so we deny what is going on, so we run away. So I don't want to deal with that right now, or maybe never. And that's hard. So Philemon 1 verse 15 say this. It seems like you, it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He's not longer like a slave to you. He's more than a slave for his beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. I just want to stop right there. It seems like you lost Onesimus for a little while. <laughs> you know, he's still from Philemon and he ran away. Have you ever uh, been in a situation that's embarrassing for you and you don't want to talk about it? And you hope nobody will remember a story of you that's embarrassing, a situation? I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story about me. Yes. I will tell you one. It happened when I was around 15 years old. I was at high school. 
my high school was very big high school. It would go in two time from 8.30 to 2 p.m. and from 2.15 to 7.45 p.m. That was, and each one of them will have about 1,500 students, big high school. They were all men's, all boys high school. So no mercy if you do something wrong. They will laugh at you in your face for days. I was in a stage in my life that I didn't care about school, um, so I was missing school a lot. So what I will do, I will go to show up at school, I say, I'm here, I need to go to the bathroom, grab my backpack, and in Chile you always grab your backpack with you because if not they will steal it. So I grab my backpack, I go to the, the yard, I jump a wall, yes I do jump walls, and I'm out of school. When I'm outside of the school, I did this for weeks. This is not the best example for you go to school. Don't listen to me this part. Listen to your parents. I, 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 I go to, I'm outside, I got into trouble. And I got into a big fight. So what I did, I ran back to the school to finding holy sanctuary. So I'm going back, and as I'm coming back to the school, I'm jumping the wall again, and there's a nail on the, on the wall, on the top, something, a wire, I don't know. They grab into my pants, my school pants, from here. And as I jump, my pen go all the way from my here, all the way to my other side. And it was recess, no, you're laughing. 1,500 people laughing at me at, at that moment. They're all like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, like, and I'm so embarrassed. And, you know, you can see my underwears. I'm like, everything. And, I'm like, and I need to get out. So what I do, I go to the library. I go to the library, and I ask the librarian, I said, do you have, like, a something, tape, or? No, nothing. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And I don't want people to know that I was outside. How this happened? I was outside. I don't want to tell that. I found tape. I taped my pants, and I left school right away so I can fix them. I find a friend's house, and I ask for, uh, so I can, uh, what is it? Thank you. This is another English test for you. So I can sew my pants, and, uh, and, uh, and I did, and I fixed it, and then back to life. Until today, my friends remember that event. And every time we get together, they, they talk about that. And they laugh at me for many, that's many hours. <laughs> Very embarrassing. I would want it to disappear. I want the earth to swallow me and nobody will know. But sometimes there's things in our life that are very embarrassing that we don't want people to know. Nobody saw it. And even the whole idea to face it, to say, I want to talk about this, is, is hard. We can laugh. We can pretend that everything is fine. But deep in our heart, we know what's wrong. Deep in our heart, we know that we shouldn't be there. And this is what happened to Onesimus. And Onesimus was in this situation. We don't know in what context 
uh, they, he ran away, what happened? But he stole from Philemon. Alex told us last week that from where he was to get to Paul, probably took about four to five months to get there. He's running away from this event. Somehow encounter Paul, Paul's in home arrest, and, and they had talk, and Paul lead him to Christ. And, and Paul say, what happened? Oh, I stole, and I'm running away. And Paul say, you need to go back. Now, some, back in the old time, they would use this verse to kind of promote slavery, and this is not what Paul is talking this is completely different. And Paul said, go back. And this is the letter Paul is writing. And he say in verse 15, it seems to Philemon, you lost Onesimus for this amount of time. Could have been a couple months, could have been a year, whatever time. And they say, can you receive him back? Can you receive him back? But he's not coming back to you as a slave anymore. He's coming to you as a brother in Jesus Christ. As a brother. And that's what Paul is advocating for him. That's what he's changing. Saying, Onesimus, something happened in his life that transformed his life. You know, you and I, when we had an encounter with Jesus, we experienced something called a transformation. We were, we talk about how bad we were, how, how we were far away from God. But during, when we received Jesus in our life, something started to happen in us. Our life started to change. A way how we face life changed. Not right away, I wish it can be that, that fast. But it's progressive. It's a day today, it's moment to moment, it's, it's circumstances to circumstances. Today, back in the day, I used to have anger issues, and I used to, uh, something will happen, I will respond really bad, and I will create a small problem, I will make a big problem. Today, I've been working with that, I still get angry, I'm not perfect in that area yet, but my response is very different, even after when I allow God to check my heart, my response today is very different than one year ago, than one month ago. Really allowing God to work in my life. Transformation happened. And this transformation has been happening on Onesimus. Onesimus is a different man. Had allowed God to work in his life. When we allow God to work in our life, we can experience his freedom, we can experience his healing, and we can experience God's power in our life. It's pretty cool, actually. It's pretty cool because we, we come here not saying, um, I received Jesus uh, three years ago, or 10 years ago, and this is the way how we do it. No, being a Christian is very dynamic. We, it's not just theory, what we read and how we read our Bible. It's putting into practice the teachings of Jesus in our life. And I will tell you, some of Jesus' teachings are really hard to put into practice. Like, 
love your enemies. Oh my goodness. You're laughing. But there are some people that are really hard to love. And Jesus is saying, love them. Not just, Jesus, come and take him now. <laughs> no, love your enemies. And to understand that, we really have to allow God to transform our heart. And Onesimus is in this spot right now, allowing God to work in his life. That's so important when we surrender our life, not just once, but every day, every moment. We surrender our life to Jesus and allow the, the, the healing and transforming power of God to work in our life. So what God Paul is advocating for Philemon is, can you forgive him? Can you restore him? Not as a slave, but as your brother is even better. For many times, Philemon sees Onesimus just as a slave. Maybe this running away was needed so he can encounter Jesus. But the restoration and forgiveness. And you know, to talk about forgiveness is a hard topic. Because we all here, or the big majority of here, is being hurt by someone or a situation in some some point in our life, we've been hurt. And it's easy for me to say to you, you need to forgive. It's easy. Just say, I forgive you. But I understand it's not as simple. It's a process. In order to forgive others, as how we try, I'm trying to explain, we need to understand how forgiveness works and how you and I have been forgiven by Jesus. Jesus, forgive us all. All. There's no condemnation. But sometimes we have a hard time to forgive ourselves. Sometimes, I remember I heard this once and it really got me thinking. Sometimes we ask for forgiveness to God in our church settings. And God, forgive us. But sometimes the people next to us or the same church doesn't forgive how God is forgiving us. There's a lot of reflection we have to do through this. Because in the same way we experience forgiveness, we are called to forgive others. It requires a decision. It requires an action. And Paul knew this very well. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 20, say this. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconcil reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making us his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Acts 3, 19, 20 say this, Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so your sin might be wiped away. Then times of refreshments will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you your appointed Messiah. 
There's two Bible verses that explain how Jesus sent us this message of reconciliation in our life. So we don't sit here just saying because I'm better than everyone and have life figured out. We sit here because we understand what Jesus did in the cross for us. So we can come free as we were seen and not long ago. Free to, to worship him in our life. I got stuck in that word when Paul say for a little while. For a little while Jorge Santana was away from God. For me it seems like an eternity. It seems like forever. But when I go back, I, like I told you many times, I grew up in the Christian church. You know, I, my dad used to take me to church. I didn't have a say. I just had it to go. Maybe you're a kid or a teenager. You're here because your parents brought you. That's good. <laughs> good for your parents. You can say amen to that too. I'm here. Not, I wanted to be home. And that was my story. I wanted to be home many times. In one moment of my life, I went sideways. I went opposite direction. And I did terrible things. I hurt my life in so many ways, in so many different levels. I was hurt by people in so many ways, in so many different levels. I told you how messed up is my family. I told you how, uh, I told you how my family hurt me in so many ways. I was, when I was deep into drugs and in the middle of my whole mess, I remember my grandpa looking at me and saying, there is the shame of the family. And, and I'm like, oh, I was so angry. I, I was so angry at him. And, and, I, I, and everyone, my family, my parents nodded, agreed with that statement. And yes, I was the shame of the family because I wasn't doing what they want me to do. I was doing something totally opposite. That didn't make me come back to God. Actually, they're all Christians. When they say that to God, I really reject even more the church. Uh, because I'm not living according to their standards. Well, my standards were low, but in my life it was what I needed to be. That's why when somebody's doing something wrong, I never go and shake my head to them. Because I have no power to convince them. That's not. They try to convince me, the same pastor, the same friend, and I push them away. I have no, they have no power to convince me. The one who has the power to convince you is the Holy Spirit. And times, uh, the, God's time is always better when we push that. And I remember when I was there, I'd reject all kinds of people. For a little while, I was far away from God. And God knew. But that little while hurt me in so many ways. Have you ever been far away from God? Maybe you are a believer right now and you feel you are far away from God. Maybe you are a believer thinking, I should come and pray, but you know what? I don't feel it. You know, like I... It's kind of weird. I'm this stage of my life. You know, sometimes we are very emotional. We're all about feeling. But sometimes we just have to allow, say, God, here I am. And it's, hard, it's easy to be honest with ourselves because you know what you did wrong. You know what is going on in your life. We don't need people to point it out. But God come to change that status. You're lost. No, no, I'm not lost. I'm found. For a little while I was lost. 
And when I came to my father's house, even though I, people were looking at me because I, I smelled like weed, I, 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 I was high at church. People were looking at me. It's like, what, what is going on with this guy? Why he's here? Yeah, for them, I was still lost. But when I was in my father's house, I can come to him broken as I was. I said, God, I'm here. And he found me. And that's, that right there, that, that moment is what is Paul is talking to Philemon. Uh, Onesimus was lost. He's been found. Jesus, forgive him. Now, Philemon, you have to forgive him. And Paul even said, I will pay you back whatever amount or whatever he did, all the damage. Philemon received him. And I really like this. And, and, and if you haven't listened to Alex's sermon last week, I really encourage you to listen again. But um, I really like this, that Onesimus it was a slave. And he didn't, needed to go away for a little while to find Jesus. And when he come back, he's not coming back as a slave anymore. We are not what people say we are. We are what Jesus say we are. And according to Jesus, we are his sons and daughters. You belong in this church. You belong to his kingdom. You are part of his family. You might say, yeah, but I'm not perfect. Neither do I. <laughs> we are not perfect. Yeah, but you have no idea what I'm doing. You have no idea what I'm doing. You know, but here we are coming to God and say, God, I give you my life. I give everything to you. And we experience forgiveness. We experience restoration. It's never too late. It's never too late to start the road of forgiveness. I remember... My grandpa, the same guy who, who say, um, you're the shame of the family, he was dying. And uh, he, he, he couldn't remember, he had Alzheimer, he couldn't remember anything. And, and uh, they, my mom put her phone, we had in a video chat. And I know any moment, and he's there, and, and he's looking, have no idea who I am. So I had to get it out. And I say to him, I say, Grandpa, I forgive you. I forgive you. You know, it took me many years to do this. I was a pastor. Actually, he passed away two years ago. I was here when he passed. And I say, I forgive you when you say that to me. You know, that day when I, I released forgiveness, I'm not living in bitterness anymore. I can experience freedom. And I can come to Jesus and remember what happened, but I can come to Jesus and be free. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice that we do as a believer, but it's a choice that God made for us many, many years ago. 
not counting how bad our sin it was. And I think, oh, yeah, but you did that. I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you say that. He didn't care. He died for us on the cross so we can be reconciled with him. And we can come today to church and say, God, here we are, messed up. Can you work in my life? That's how transformations happen in our life. Transformation is slow. Sometimes it's painful, but we allow God to work with us. Colossians 3.13 say this, make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offend you. Remember, the Lord forgive you so much, forgive others. You know, our church is not perfect. Maybe we have hurt you, and I'm sorry for that. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this lately. There's things that need to be get fixed. There's relationships that need to be restored. And sometimes somebody has to make the first steps. We need to stop running away. We need to face this situation and say, you know what? Here I am. I'm done running. And maybe you feel you've been running away for the last couple months or maybe years. Maybe you have surrendered many areas in your life, but this this one spot. I'm not ready yet. And I invite you. Stop running. He's coming. He's waiting. He wanna be with you. Stop living in with bitterness or or, or or pain in your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Father God, we come to to you can you help us how to forgive Can you help us how to be restored and then I pray that you help us as a church to restore those who have been damaged by ourselves the church maybe not our church maybe other church whatever it was God we're going to be an instrument in, in, in your hands of forgiveness so we can live for forgiveness and feel forgiven. God, thank you so much for what you did in the cross for us. I know there's nothing that we can do because you did everything for us. So all guilt, all shame has been paid in the cross. Thank you so much for loving us, Jesus. Thank you so much for dying for us. And we honor you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.